everyone and welcome back to Chronicles of Curiosity. My name is Mason. And I'm Katie. This week we're looking at the fascinating legends, stories, and beliefs surrounding the Din or Jin. I have no idea what that is. So it is a complex race of beings associated with Islam and the Middle East as a whole. Okay. All right. But before we get into the topic, we'd like to invite you to follow us on social media if you haven't already. We'd love for you to be a part of our little community of curious people. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, please share the episode, the podcast, with friends, family, anybody you think would enjoy, um, anybody that you know that is uh, into just different things, mm-hmm. strange things that you might curious not hear about things. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And also, we love your guys' feedback on um, any episodes that we do that you particularly enjoyed. That kind of gives us directive on um, what is going to be more, like, successful in certain content. I've heard good things like recently about the um, the medieval torture episode that you did, Mace. That one has been pretty well liked. Um, so, yeah, just give us feedback on what you guys like. Um, we did the Get to Know Us episode last week, um, which when you're listening, I think it'll be two weeks ago. Something like that, yeah. Um, so that was a little bit of a something different, but we like to try to keep things fresh. So we like to do like the Q&As and the stuff like that every so often. Yeah, just kind of um, mix things up. Yeah, and we also want you to feel like we're not complete and total strangers, even though we kind of <laughs> sort of are. But yeah, so just uh, feel free to touch base with us and, and let us know what you're liking or what you would like to see slightly less of. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And before we get into our main topic this week, is there anything you have been curious about? All right, so this is a weird one. Okay. Um, Have you ever thought about what letter you use the most on your keyboard? If you were to guess, what do you think it would be? My coworkers and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, and we looked at our keyboards and looked at which button, other than obviously the freaking space bar, which was the most, like, shiny where like the the oh. yeah where it had been the most worn and the most used and i'm sitting here looking at your keyboard and i've removed it so that mason can't look at it can you tell yeah well i know for a fact i don't know about the, any of the keys i know for a fact my space bar is completely worn down yes um but naturally but like what letter what do you think oh. like just based on what you type what do you think it would be okay well i have taken a good number of typing courses mm-hmm <laughs> So I know to keep my hands on the home row. Home row. Um, so I'm guessing probably one of those. I'm going to say the letter A. Wrong. Wrong? Mm-hmm. W? Nope. I know W isn't on the middle row, but what what is it? What, okay, which letter? Okay, so on yours, the most used are M, N, C, and F, no which kidding. is interesting. Yeah, that's... I mean, F is on home row. That's the pointer finger of your left hand. Um, but M, N, and C are not. Yeah, M and N on yours strange. look like the most, like they are pretty dead even on the most used, which I think is so interesting. Yeah, like, that what? is that is weird. I don't know what I'm typing. I Yeah, I've used this keyboard for a couple different things, creatively, work-wise, and whatever. Yeah. Um, any person who plays games knows that the, the W-A-S-D key is usually the most worn down but i don't use this keyboard for that (laughs) it's uh it's how you move forward backwards sideways yeah it's like arrow keys basically okay yeah and it's pretty universal yeah that's interesting i didn't um what key do you know which key you use the most i mean Um, it's hard when you're when you're not using your own keyboard right or i don't have it in front of me yeah um my guess was like e or something like that because vowels yeah um but i think i think mine was either t or n which is odd. Yeah, that is strange. I, I mean, wonder... I do use T a lot at work. So, like, at my job, I um, am typing up notes all day long for patients. 
And there is a lot of tea. A lot of tea. Patient states. A lot of, a lot of patient tea. Every note tea. starts like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Anything you've been curious about? All right. So I wrote this episode. I wrote the notes for this episode like a month ago. Okay. And I just wrote down. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote down in our notes my topic, palm trees. What the fuck? I like them. <laughs> that is what i wrote down i like them yeah i don't know what i was thinking but i think i was i think i was looking at a picture oh you know what it was i was looking at the south carolina license plate i was like that's a really nice license plate it is it's very cute yeah and there's palm tree and i was like i don't appreciate the fact that palm trees exist i think they're beautiful trees and we don't have them around what do you here mean you don't appreciate the fact that they exist i just you don't appreciate it enough is yeah, that what you mean oh, oh yeah, yeah okay yeah. like if we're on vacation and there's palm trees mm-hmm. i don't stop and look at it and think man that's a nice palm tree mm-hmm. but where we're going to be moving to there are palm trees down yeah. there it's not as common as say los angeles right. or florida um but there's there's palm trees and also yeah. palm trees are cool i heard that palm trees and i was i was I can't. I think I was watching a YouTube video and they were mentioning it or TikTok or something. Basically, all the palm trees in Los Angeles are transplants. Really? In California in general. Yeah. Palm trees are not native to California. Where are they native to? Uh, they're native to the tropical regions oh. of the world, uh, all throughout the world. I mean, the hmm. Indonesia, Malaysia, Mexico, That's Central so America, South America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in Florida, of course, too. But yeah. So they're, they're all over the place, but they're not native to California. Yeah, I didn't know that. They, they were all transplanted and planted because they thought they would increase you know they thought they would make the aesthetics of the city look better which i gotta say they do they look great yeah but palm trees specifically the the breed that's not the right word (laughs) of the what is the word the type the type of palm tree basically the brand the brand of palm tree (laughs) that they used um they have strain they have (laughs) the strain of palm trees they have a like 100-year life cycle or 80-year life cycle or something okay. like that. So all the giant palm trees near in Hollywood and, and whatnot, they're all almost on their the end of their life cycle. Wow. And there's, they have not planted new ones. Oh, boy. Within the next, like, 15 to 20 years, all of the palm trees in California are going to be dead unless new ones are planted. Well, I'll be. Yeah. So this is something I found really interesting because I think of Los Angeles specifically and I think of palm trees. Yes. They kind of, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, but which not only are they not native, but they're going to be dead. Yeah. Which is so sad. If they don't plant more. If they don't plant more. Plant yeah. more trees. Yeah. But Save the bees and plant the trees. Fortunately, in the Southeast United States, we have them naturally. Yeah. So uh, that that's... I think that's what I was going with. I like palm trees. I got nothing else to say about palm trees. Hey, that's okay. I love that for you. Um, all right. So let's get into our topic this week. And din or gin, it's pronounced both ways, um, are also referred to as genies. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that probably sends some images to your mind of what we're talking about yes. here. So Remember the show I Dream of Genie? No. Really? Oh. I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. I've never heard of that in my life. You're shitting me. Right never. Now. Oh, I dream of okay. genies. Yes. No. I dream of genie. It's a show. Was a show. Was it a Disney Channel show? No. Okay. It's from like 1965. <laughs> I loved it. Oh. Oh. Genie. Okay. Yeah. Genie spelled as a yeah. As like a, as a, as a woman's name. name. Right. Yeah. No. We're right. talking about genie as in Robin Williams from Aladdin. Oh. Yeah. Well, she was. No, she was a genie. <laughs> Oh, she was? Yeah. So her name was Genie, the name, but also she was a genie. I believe so, yes. As in the mythological. Well, in Aladdin, his name was Genie. 
Yeah, but it was spelled with a G. Semantics. Anyway. <laughs> so they are unseen entities mentioned in early religious traditions of pre-Islamic Arabia, which were later incorporated into Islamic culture. So they bear responsibility for their actions and can be classified as believers, Muslims, uh, or unbelievers, kafir, hmm. depending on their acceptance of God's guidance. So while the jinn are neither inherently good or evil, Islamic members of Islam uh, believe and acknowledge the existence of spirits from diverse religious backgrounds, mm -hmm. uh, which were assimilated during the expansion of Islam. Um, and then the jinn encompass a broader concept that brings together elements of pre-existing pagan beliefs into the more traditional Islamic frameworks of beliefs. Okay. So jinn are not exclusive to Islamic theology. Uh, they reflect a wider cultural context. They're believed to possess ethereal and subtle forms capable of shape-shifting at will. So while they usually favor a serpent-like manifestation, they can also appear as scorpion, scorpions, lizards, or even take on human appearances. That's information I did not have before. Yeah, so in certain circumstances, jinn are believed to engage in intimate relationship with humans, resulting in offspring. They fucking. Okay. <laughs> jinn are believed to, uh, excuse me, I already read that. Uh, when harmed, jinn may seek retribution or take possession of the assailant's body. Often, oh, jeez. Yeah, only relinquishing control through exorcism. So Whoa. in that way, they are like the Western version of a demon. Okay. So while jinn generally refrain from interfering in human affairs, they tend to reside among their own kind in tribal communities reminiscent of pre-Islamic Arabian societies. Depictions of individual jinn can be found on ancient charms and talismans recovered from the Middle East and were usually summoned for protection or assistance in magical practices. Mm -hmm. So often under the authority of a prominent figure such as a shaman or a religious leader, many individuals who believe in jinn wear amulets to safeguard themselves against potential attacks, spiritual attacks. Um, which are believed to be orchestrated by sorcerers or witches. So uh, some people who do indeed still believe in jinn will wear amulets to kind of fend off evil oh. attacks from witches. Okay. It is commonly believed that the jinn are unable to harm individuals who carry items inscribed with the name of God or Allah. While historical Muslim scholars have held differing views on sorcery and its association with jinn, Contemporary scholars generally discourage engaging with jinn-related practices, considering them as a form of idolatry. Oh. So, this would be the same as Christian authority figures warning about the worship of angels over gods, and also warning about the magical practices, mm. often involved with like paganism and, and those older religions. Okay. Um, so the exact origins of belief in jinn aren't exactly clear. So we find references to them not only in the Quran, but also in pre-Islamic Arabian literature from the 7th century. Oh, okay. So they're much older than Islam as a religion. Some experts think that they started out as spooky spirits hanging around in deserts and unclean places, often taking the form of animals. Others suggest that they were originally nature deities that lost their popularity as other gods took the spotlight. Um, in this case, it would most likely be Roman or Greek gods. So as they became more popular, the jinn kind of fell by the wayside right. a little bit. 
Um, and I also wanted to note here that the term jinn might actually come from Aramaic and refer to pagan deities that were later interpreted as demons. Oh. So originally, for the pagan belief system, uh, these entities were seen as just that entities, gods, goddesses, oh. protectors, people that can be, you know, individuals that could be called on to invoke certain things. Okay. But as more traditional forms of religion, monotheistic religion took off, some of the members saw them more as demons. Okay. They All were right. not intended. You. They were not intended for that though. Okay. Yeah. It's just kind of how it ended up. Right. 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 So jinn probably became a cultural thing in Arabian beliefs during the later pre-Islamic period. Although many Arabs worshipped jinn back then, they didn't see them as immortal gods. Scholars like Emil Savage-Smith say jinn were mostly seen as malevolent compared to the benevolent gods. Oh. But they don't deny that jinn worship existed in pre-Islamic Arabia. In some regions, people used the word genie, or ia, or illa, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, interchangeably, showing that they were friendly and helpful. there were friendly and helpful beings among the jinn. Okay, so they weren't all bad is right. what, I'm, what I'm hearing. Right, Okay. Yeah. It's also believed that the jinn had their own tribes and groups and were commonly credited with causing natural events like storms and droughts. Okay, um, wow. So I say all this to say that jinn are not what we would typically think of as demons, which are only benevolent. These are kind right. of trickster gods. These are almost the Ar- Arabian version of like a leprechaun oh. or a fa- fairy or okay. that. Yeah, shapeshifters deities worshipped by some but generally seen as kind of a nuisance right. by by the rest of the islamic and pre-islamic world okay so jinn were believed to have the power to protect marry kidnap possess and yes even kill humans they would change shapes but being invisible made them especially frightening as they could attack without being seen don't care for that so they could become invisible they could take the shape of whatever basically whatever being they wanted mm-hmm. ancient arabic beliefs were also uh ancient arabic people were also afraid of jinn because they thought jinn were responsible for various diseases and mental illnesses some thought these spirits dwelled in desolate dim dark places such as caves and underground structures which just added to the fear well yeah although jinn were often feared they also had a romantic side there is a pre-islamic story about a genie named manzur who fell in love with a human woman named haba in the story, Manzur and Haba lived a happy life together, with Manzur even teaching Haba how to use some of the jinn's supernatural powers, oh, including cool. healings. When it comes to angels and devils, there are different opinions. Some scholars argue that Muhammad introduced them to Arabia and that they didn't exist among the jinn. But other scholars, like Amiria Alzin, think that angels were known to pagan Arabs, and the term jinn was used for all kinds of supernatural beings from different religions and cults. Oh, just so, to kind of like generalize. Yeah, just as kind of like a blanket. Term. Yep. So they ended up mixing with Zoroastrianism, Christianity, and uh, Jewish angels and devils within the jinn. Okay. So they're all kind of globbing together to become one thing, even though the jinn are very much separate from these other religions. Okay. So I know this is, is all confusing. Uh, but so is all ancient religious folklore and history. Yeah. Uh, it's There's really no easy explanation for a lot of these things. There's so much history. And even my research into this is barely scratching the surface. Yeah, I believe it. Which makes me sad because I like to know everything about a particular topic. I do too. Which I sounds too. really um, 
arrogant of me. It does, but it's not intended that way. No, no, it's I just, just like it's out of a. It comes from a place of curiosity. It does. And, like, it wanting does. to yeah. understand something. It so com- I totally get it. It comes from the same place as what led us to start this podcast. Yes. Um, I like taking a topic and feeling like I have an encompassing knowledge of it, at least to the point where I could talk about it intelligently. Right. After, I don't know, uh, however many hours of research um, on this one, I do not feel that I have a deep understanding of the gin. Okay. So we're just scratching the surface. And it also doesn't help that culturally we did not grow up with these things. Yes. So I'll get into this later, but basically the whole, the entirety of the Western world was introduced to this concept in the 1990s oh. when Aladdin came out. There were other forms of media before then, but... That's interesting. Yeah, so our basically our entire generation, if you say the word genie, they're going to associate it with Aladdin. Right. Probably Robin Williams or Will Ferrell. Or, yeah, Will Ferrell, Will Smith. Will Ferrell. <laughs> Can, Can we Will imagine Will Ferrell if he had play, played the genie in the live-action Aladdin? I think that, that would have been be a journey. Will, been Will Smith did a really good job. He did. He did. But not as good as Robin Williams. No, I, Robin Williams is just the best of the best. I think even Will Smith would. I think he'd be okay with the, the that fact. Yes. I, I feel like he's the kind of person that it would never have been his intention to like be better than... Yeah. 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 Yeah, because yeah, everyone, at least generally, has a lot of respect for Robin Williams. So since the Quran acknowledges their existence, jinn beliefs were adopted by Islamic culture as it spread beyond, beyond Arabia. So Islam redefined the status of jinn from uh, just stationary deities to beings parallel to humans. So essentially, uh, completely supernatural existing in a realm beyond ours to existing parallel with humanity. So they were also seen as being subject to the judgment of supreme Islamic deities, um, or the supreme Islamic deity being Allah. Okay. This allowed Islam to incorporate local beliefs about spirits and deities from religions such as, or from regions such as Iran, Africa, Turkey, and India into its monotheistic framework. Islamic people believe that there is one God, but that there are many spiritual deities Mm -hmm. that is basically what that is saying okay yeah according to belief jinn live in societies resembling human communities they have religious practices um they experience emotions they require sustenance they engage in procreation and they raise families all right muslim jinn are generally seen as benign christian and jewish jinn are indifferent unless provoked and pagan jinn are seen as evil rude Common characteristics associated with the beings include a fear of iron and wolves. That's quite quite specific. Very specific. They're pref- and I'm sure there is a ton of history when it comes to those types of things. And these yeah. are the things that I couldn't look into because if I did, I would just be on a two-hour rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, um, I know in in like some books I've read, iron is okay. So I like to read some fantasy books. Mm-hmm. And um, I have read books about, like, fairies and fae and stuff like that. And in at least one of the series that I read, iron was what, like, took away all of their abilities and their strength and their power. So it could be something like that. There was nothing about wolves, but you did say that these are quite similar to, like, fae. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, they come from the same cultural. Yeah. Like, they, they, are like the, they are the Arabic twist on pre-Christian beliefs pagan beliefs mm-hmm. okay essentially okay um that's not entirely encapsulating because the arabic people 
it's putting basically that statement is putting too much credit on the european pagans mm, thing, that saying sense. that like they were only responsible for this there's a majority influence from the arabic people as well okay uh in addition to them being afraid of wolves and irons uh they also are said to, to prefer desolate or abandoned places again going back to living in caves and in the ground uh they are said to have superior strength and speed compared to humans and night nighttime is often considered more dangerous due to jinn being more active during those hours mm. so muslims are cautious not to unintentionally harm an innocent jinn but also not invoke anger as mm-hmm. well yeah um, so a prevalent belief is that the jinn can possess a human body similar to a demon although this belief is strongly held by many muslims some argue that the quran doesn't explicitly attribute possession to jinn suggesting it originally originated from pre-islamic beliefs in morocco for for example uh, there are various possession traditions and exorcism rituals however jinn cannot enter a person at will Rather, the individual must be predisposed to possession in a state of vulnerability or weakness. Oh, so, that's interesting. Feelings of, of insecurity, mental instability, unhappiness in love, and depression can make someone susceptible to possession. Well, shit. <laughs> so in Javanese Muslim beliefs, jinn are thought to inhabit lonely and haunted places. They may possess or frighten individuals who disturb their homes or accidentally harm a related jinn. Or genie. In some cases, jinn might seek revenge by causing physical harm, but to invo- avoid hurting jinn, Muslims utter the word destr, which means permission, before mm-hmm. pouring hot water, signaling the jinn to leave the area. This oh. is a tradition, I can't exactly explain it. Yeah, yeah. Some jinn are believed to guard graves and inflict illness upon those who intend to disturb them. Benevolent jinn are referred to as jinn Islam and are regarded as pious and faithful, while non-believing jinn are referred to as the jinn kafir, which I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So good jinn may exist, excuse me, may assist Muslims in performing difficult tasks or exhibit magical abilities, while evil jinn align themselves with devils or malevolent forces causing chaos. In Artis, which is Bethlehem for us Westerners, Benevolent jinn may provide support to human and impart moral lessons, whereas evil jinn often surface to cause sickness in children, steal food, or retaliate when mistreated. Oh. So Albanian folklore also portrays jinn as the shindi, um, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, they describe them as dwelling beneath the earth's surface rather than in the air. They may possess individuals who have offended them, such as by stepping on their children or throwing hot water on them. Uh, In Senegal, jinn are believed to offer magical assistance when spiritual healers' powers are insufficient. Mm. However, jinn can also be dangerous, uh, capable of instilling fear or even devouring a person. Devouring, yeah, devouring a person. You know, I thought that's what you were trying to say. Devouring a person if they so desire. Yikes. So as a result, most people try to avoid direct contact with jinn or other jinn when they believe they are being targeted. I don't blame them for that. Yes. Among Turks, jinn, referred to as sin, C-I-N, or sin, are often appear alongside other demonic entities such as divs. Divs originate from Persian mythology. And again, I'm sorry for this. I'm so lost. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is so much mythology and so much legend here. Um, But they come from earlier Persian translations of the Quran, 
um, which equated the jinn to devils. Okay. Uh, causing confusion between the two groups of people and confusion within my, myself. Yes. So essentially, um, all these different cultures have their own interpretation of jinn and genie, and they right. are all relatively similar with a few key like differences. variations. Right. Okay. Right. So in Central Asian shamanism, jinn may assist shamans as familiars in protecting against malicious spirits. This practice was later adopted by Muslim guides, or mullah, in the 19th century. Witchcraft, known as sihir in Arabic, is often linked to jinn and the Middle East. It is believed that sorcerers can summon jinn and make them carry out their commands. These summoned jinn can be sent to target individuals and cause mnemonic possession. Such summoning can be done through invocations using talismans or by making deals with the jinn. They are often seen as helpers of soothsayers. Ah. I had to look up what soothsayers were too. It's from uh, something Shakespearean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they can reveal information about the past and present. And jinn are believed to be a, the source of such knowledge oh. because their lifespans are longer than humans. Okay. Traditionally. Another way to control jinn is by inserting a needle into their skin or clothing as they have a fear of iron and are unable to remove it themselves. Oh. So that's where that legend All comes right. from. In the book Kibat al-Fistiyat, Muslim scholar Ibn al-Nadim describes a list of 70 jinn led by Farktas. Nice. <laughs> uh, with several jinn assigned to each day of the week. So the names are also found in the Testament of Solomon, as noted by Bayard Dodge. And I know this is name soup. You betcha. <laughs> you betcha. There's a widely circulated book on the occult called Shamil, written by Al-Tabisti, uh, which focuses on binding and controlling devils and jinn through incant- incantations, charms, and written and recited formulas Okay. in order to obtain supernatural powers. Oh. Yes. Al-Tabisti distinguishes between permissible and forbidden magic, with the latter being based on disbelief and the former on purity. It is said that uh, they were able to demonstrate the existence of jinn to Muhammad Ghazi by appearing as a, quote, shadow shadow on the wall. Traditionally, seven kings of the jinn are associated with different days of the week. These associations are also mentioned in the Book of Wonders, although some passages are damaged in existing Ottoman copies. So these jinn kings, sometimes referred to as the Afarit, are invoked to give legitimacy to spells performed using amulets. Um, they are, they're strongly intertwined with magical practices. Basically, each jinn that you can call on has a different, different practice, different result that you would be trying to get out of your magic okay. practice. Um, so the modern depiction of jinn has greatly influenced popular culture providing inspiration for various forms of media and entertainment. Traditionally, jinn were portrayed as powerful supernatural beings in Islamic and Arabian folklore. However, in contemporary cultures, they have taken on new interpretations and have become a staple in literature, films, television shows, and video games. So one of the most popular depictions of jinn is the Disney movie Aladdin. Mm -hmm. So the story which is part of a collection called 1001 Nights, a.k.a. Arabian Nights, Mm -hmm. introduces jinn to a wider audience. 
So in this narrative, a djinn is released from a magical lamp and grants wishes to the lamp's possessors. This portrayal of the djinn as wish-granting entities has become a an enduring concept in popular culture. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's a nice thought that a being, a supernatural being, can grant you wishes. Yes. Um, and the movies really brought it to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand that. In movies and television, djinn have been featured in various forms. They are often portrayed as shape-shifting entities with supernatural powers. Films like the Wishmaster series and I Dream of Genie <laughs> showcase djinn as beings capable of granting desires yes. but with unforeseen consequences. Yes. spot on. Yeah. So these portrayals often emphasize the cautionary aspect of making wishes and the potential dangers that come with tampering with supernatural forces. In recent years, there's been a resurgence of interest in din or jinn in popular culture. Uh, this can be seen in television shows like American Gods and Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, oh. uh, where jinn characters play significant roles. These portrayals explore the complex nature of jinn, depicting them as multifaceted beings with their own desires, emotions, and struggles, which is actually what Arabic traditions would prefer them being depicted mm-hmm. as. Yeah, I can understand that. Rather than them just being like these blue guys. Yeah, exactly. That, that grand wishes. wishes. Yeah. 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 Super whitewashed, westernized version yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, but a fun story nonetheless. Right. So Jin have also found their way into the gaming industry. They've appeared in various um, role-playing games, uh, such as Final Fantasy, Assassin's Creed, World of Warcraft, um, among others, Prince of Persia. I know these don't mean too much to you, but these are... <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Um. Also, Jin have become a source of inspiration for authors and storytellers. Many fantasy novels incorporate Jin into their narratives, showcasing their rich mythological background and incorporating them into imaginative, imaginative worlds and adventures. Uh, these stories often delve into the Jin's cultural and historical significance and, and get more into relationship with humans and other supernatural realms. So think high fantasy, especially teen yeah. fantasy. Yeah, that's I like it. Um, that's really all I had on the gin for you. Um, again, this is a very complex topic. I'm going to have to I, re-listen to our own episode yeah, just to make sure I grasp things. I wasn't expecting so much. There, How do I put this? There is so much cultural background that mm-hmm. you have to understand before understanding religious cultural figure, figures. Yes. It felt like a spider web. It was. It is. Yeah. Yes. Rather yeah. than like a like a like a linear story, it there, felt like a roller coaster. There is no linear story no, for these. No. There are. It, it spans thousands of years of storytelling, myths. Yeah. Basically, the longest game of telephone. Yeah. But yeah. when you compare it to what we would consider to be more traditional mythologies, such as like European pagan mythology, mm-hmm. we already, as Americans, we already have such a a firm foundation on a lot of these beliefs. Yeah. We've seen stories. We've heard tales. We've read books, you know, about leprechauns and right. fairies. Right. And these things. That's been something we've known about for most of our lives. For most of us in the Western world, we have Aladdin. Like, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. really? That is all we have for this this type of supernatural being. Yeah. Uh, so it's difficult to culturally it is. contextualize. It is. Yeah. But yeah, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah, hopefully you learned a little bit more about yeah. Jin or Din. They're pronounced both ways, or Genie. Okay. They're all interchangeable. Okay. Um, they're, the spelling is interchangeable, D-J-I-N-N, or just J-I-N-N, or just J-I-N, or C-I-N. Yeah, there's a lot of different spellings here. Okay. Um, 
But that is going to do it for us this week, everyone. Um, we hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about Islamic and Arabia, Arabian folklore and beliefs. Um, before we go, I'd like to quickly mention the sources used. We have Magic and Divination in Early Islam by Koninggrek. I'm sorry if I'm not saying that correctly. Anthropomorphic Representation of Evil in Islam and Some Other Traditions, A Cross-Cultural Approach by Rothenberg. Uh, we also have Spirits of Palestine, Gender, Society, and Stories of the Jinn by Cecilia E. Uh, and thank you all for listening, everyone. We hope you have a good rest of your week. We're going to be getting into some watery ghosts. <laughs> no spoilers, though, next week. Nice. Um, watery ghosts. Yeah, watery go wet ghosts. Okay. So we hope you'll join us for that. But until then, we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.